Hi, um, my name is Will McHenry. I'm a program associate at Ponars Eurasia, and I'm uh, here with Jordan uh, Gaines Morris, an assistant professor at Northwestern University, who just published a new book on um, property rights in post Soviet Russia, corruption and the demand for law. And I'm here in our inaugural um, podcast for the Ponars Eurasia series of podcasts we're going to be doing with our members after some other events they've, they've come here for. So thank you so much, Jordan, for, for being me. our guinea pig for the. <laughs> this podcast um, series we're starting. And so I'm gonna ask you a series of questions about your book. Okay. And uh, thank you so much again. Um, so first first question, Western media often depicts Russia as lawless. Um, based on your research, is that an accurate description? And are, are we missing elements of a bigger picture here? Yeah, what I'd say is that there's actually at least two different groups or spheres of, of Russia when it comes to law. And so for common disputes, the types of things that everyday firms or everyday people might be facing, and I focus really here on the business side of things. Uh, there's one set of rules, and for really highly politicized disputes or with big-time tycoons or sometimes called oligarchs, there's a different set of rules. And when we talk about just the types of disputes that would happen over non-payment or something like that or a debt, they're actually probably law functions not so differently than functions in the West. Um, and I focus again on this business side, but other people like Catherine Henley, she has a new book that's great called uh, Everyday Law in Russia, and she looks at this broader aspect of how neighbors deal with law and all sorts of people deal with law. So this is something I think pretty broadly exists, that there's some cases that law is really the way things are done, and others where it's not so much. Great. Um, what are the Russians' firm strategies to navigate this complex legal, legal environment you've described in your book? So it's evolved a lot. In the 1990s, it was really much more about violence and corruption, and over time, those have been uh, become increasingly, co increasingly costly, increasingly risky, and so what I write about is the way that that's evolved towards using law, sometimes using law in the formal sense of just going to court or getting lawyers to do things with litigation, and other times using law and other legal institutions in ways that are a little bit more corrupt. And so maybe that involves bribery, maybe that involves something more complex where you're paying law enforcement officials to provide some sort of protection racket for you and they're essentially doing what they should be doing anyways, but only if you pay them privately. That was much more common in the 2000s than it is today. Um, and part of that is because to a certain degree, legal institutions have become more effective. Uh, but what I argue in the book is that it's not so much that as much as the fact that even while legal institutions remain very corrupt and often ineffective, there's been a bunch of changes in, in the way that firms are structured themselves, changes in the economy, changes in willingness for firms to pay taxes and things like this, and all of these change the calculations about using illegal strategies and make it harder to use things like corruption and violence. And that's what's pushing firms to use more of law. Great. As a final question, do you think um, property rights can be protected and even um, even if Russian legal institutions um, remain ineffective or corrupt? So I think that uh, the effectiveness of given strategies is always relative. So it depends compared to what. Um, and for certain types of of uh, uh, disputes, if it's a uh, persistent enough problem and of a certain amount of value in terms of winning it, then it will make a lot of sense to use the courts, and in those cases you can uh, you can win and you can and do so effectively. Uh, the real question is uh, relative to what the alternative is, and, and at times in the past it was violence or corruption that was more effective than law, and at this point that calculation has changed a lot, and law is often the more effective strategy for a lot of different types of firms. 
Um, the other thing that really struck me when doing this research is the extent to which, especially lawyers and private security agencies, really emphasize uh, the importance of prevention in the sense of if firms proactively get their legal status in order, that all their documents are in order, that they themselves aren't breaking laws, that they themselves aren't paying um, bribes and things like that, that that makes it both easier to use courts when they want to use courts, but also makes it much less likely to be attacked either by predatory bureaucrats or by unscrupulous competitors. All these various ways that if your legal base is in order, you're not a good target, and if it's not in order, then you have that weak foundation in terms of not having your your, your ownership documents, in terms of not in terms of others knowing that you regularly break laws. These are all vulnerabilities, and so lawyers and, and private security agencies really emphasize that if you proactively put your stuff in order, then your property rights are much safer. Great. Thank you so much, Jordan, and thank, thank you, you so much for being our uh, first uh, guinea pig here in the ONR's uh, podcast series. Thank you. Thank you.